Hello and welcome along back to Full Kit Banter. And if you're a new listener, welcome. And if you're returning, welcome back. So, after a long week of boring internationals, we finally got the Premier League to look forward to again. Um, got some marquee matchups in Spurs against City and slightly more underrated, but we got Liverpool and Leicester. And then we've got a lot more other good matches to look forward to, but. I guess I just wanted to start things off by kind of welcoming Yushin back to the podcast. Wait, hey! It's <laughs> <laughs> a very big welcome. Um, we were kind of just talking a bit before the podcast and we were talking about, like, just, we were, we were kind of discussing the, the matchups and just thinking about uh, these Spurs, Spurs and City matches from years bef- years gone by and some of the players in that Spurs lineup are truly shocking, man. Even the City lineup. Uh, I think we were talking. One of the names that came up was like Clinton and Jay and George's George Kevin and Kudu, and <laughs> it just really says a lot about how they spent that Gareth Bale money. And yeah, I guess they've come full circle with Bale coming back. Man, is he really back? I I mean, Ooh. it's it's kind of a stretch to you know, assume that the bill of old is the bill that we currently have now. Mm. Like, yeah. I mean, if you look, he's kind of changed his game a bit. Um, like, he's a bit more of a um, presence in the box he's now better rather in, than... He's better at golf now. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... He's just, yeah, he's just more in the box now. Yeah, from Sorry, what I remember, you know, prime bill days, he was this explosive left winger. Um, and... You know, what What defined Bill as a player in that particular era was he kind of did, like, he, he was the guy that you could count on, you know, uh, to, take the game, to take the game by the scruff of the neck. I remember recalling a few games, um, one against West Ham, where, you know, it was 2-2 and they needed to win to qualify for the Champions League or rather be in pole position to qualify. And it was around stoppage time the 91st minute where Bill just, you know, he asked for the ball. I can't remember who gave him the assist, but uh, once once he got possession... It wasn't ball, much of a assist. Yeah, it wasn't I, much. It I, was I, all I, Bill. I, I remember what... Yeah, I remember... I yeah, remember where he just now. cut in and just... He just swung his left sledgehammer of a uh, foot and the ball just caught top, top bins, man. And I was like, yo, this guy is a special player. And... It wasn't just that particular game. It was the one at Southampton where it was nil-nil. They needed something special and who better than Gareth Bale, you know. He did the exact same thing. Like, that's the thing about players like Bale and Mares and Robin to a certain extent. You know what they're going to do, but you can't stop them. That's what defines, you know, a, a real world-class player from a and And it's one. weird. It's almost, it's almost always pure left-footers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange, like... I mean, you have a lot of right-footed, uh, very one-footed, right-sided players, but they never quite have this knack of the finesse shot or the like the devastating finish finishes that, especially Robin. Now that you brought him up, he, like you said, everyone knows the Robin special. He did it back in PSV, he did it at Chelsea, he did it at Madrid, did it at Bayern, made it kind of popularized it at Bayern. Yeah, it was the trademark. Everyone, mm-hmm. exact. Everyone in the world knew exactly what was coming, but they couldn't do anything yeah. to stop it and. In many ways, I, I I agree with you about how Bale is not quite the same player now. It's hard to replicate that six years on, especially with the amount of injuries he's had. But as I was mentioning earlier, 
just based on the few Spurs matches I've been watching, and he's finally getting a starting run in the side. He's no longer being really used as a super sub. Uh, I think I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he started this weekend. He's kind of, it's kind of strange. Like Kane's the one that's dropping back. Son's the one that's playing striker, kind of in right? Bale's, Bale's position of old, mm-hmm. and Bale now is sort of drifting in and out of the six yard box. I I think Mourinho's kind of seen something in, in like a finishing a finisher's instinct in Bale, and he's decided, hey, I want you as close to the six-yard box as possible. And I think his first goal in the league was a header, which I don't know when the last time I saw Bill score a header, but good for him if he's changing his game. It might prolong the longevity in his um, in his playing career. I mean, going back to that point, to be fair, when have we seen Gareth Bill play? Uh, like, he, he's been... Like, okay, to be honest, we're going to call a spade a spade. He's been outcasted by Zidane in Real Madrid and... I'm kind of glad that he actually found a place he can call home right now. It's what Spurs fan would say, the second coming of Legot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I kind of agree about... Yeah, yeah you, you can't have you know, players like Son, Bill and, and, and Kane and not play according to a certain system because you can't have all three of them playing the same role. Like... Let, let me give you an example. Like like at Liverpool, you know, Firmino, yep. Salah and Mane. Y- you got to have someone in the front who does the nitty-gritty, dirty work, the, the, the creative role sort of. And like I said a few podcasts back that Kane has been doing this, uh, has, been, has been taking the mantle of the creative role ever since his Achilles heel injury there, where he yeah. lost his little bit of explosiveness and all that. And yeah, you kind of you can kind of see this season that you know he's blossoming as this weird creative nine slash ten or or we like to call it the nine point five role. Or or you can you also can call it the Firmino role. And what <laughs> and what Son does is he's essentially playing striker, so he stretches the field with his pace. And it's kind of early to say that, but I like to kind of see how. Bill fully fits into the this. The two of them kind of mesh. Yeah, in, right? correct. Yeah. Because from what I see now, and I totally agree with you, he he's playing in the half space. He's so he's kind of in between Kane and and Son in the James Rodriguez role. I guess that's the best way I can describe where he's mm. playing right now. And and yeah, sorry, continue. The the beauty about just to add on to what you're saying, the mm. beauty about the front three that Spurs have right now is. With the exception of Bale, but I think that might change in the future. Son and Kane are two of the most hardworking players you'll find. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, it's almost like you're, you're never going to find Spurs kind of short of options up front because the turnover rate of Son, like, he could be tracking back and the moment um, either Hoybier or Ndombele or Winks wins the ball back, right, he's on his bike. And... Just that that ability that ability to turn the ball over so quickly gives Spurs so much of a danger on the counter and and with someone like Kane who has an incredible eye for a pass it's I can see them scoring so many goals on the break and then you throw in Lucas Mora into the mix if they are chasing a game late it's devastating front line it's just which bail do we get a motivated bail who is willing to bust the gut when his team is kind of back has their backs up against the wall or will he kind of fall back into the 
you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm playing striker, so that means I don't have to come back. Unless, unless Jose specifically tells him, I don't want you coming back. Much like how you mentioned, Calvert-Lewin doesn't do any tracking Yeah, back. the, the thing about it's, playing... It's only... Yeah, sorry to cut in, but the thing about playing yeah, yeah, for yeah. Jose <laughs> teams, right, is everyone has a defensive yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Like, there, there are no passengers No one gets Jose a free right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even Eden Hazard, that's, that's from what I remember, the, when Jose was at the helm, he was asking Hazard to track back and... As I kind of acknowledge in, in the interview that I've watched or read, actually, that, you know, um, Jose actually said to him that, yeah, like, Eden, you're a talented player, but you need to, you know, pick up the defensive work because football's a team game. You can't really... You, you can't have... Uh, yeah, I'm saying passengers a lot, but that's the right word to say. You can't really have passengers in it. Mm. And let's say, you know, a certain player doesn't do his job, like probably the left winger doesn't mark, doesn't see the run of, you know, the right back and that leads to a goal. It's, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be really detrimental to the team itself. The team morale is like, oh, we are, everyone's doing their job, but why aren't you doing yours? It's gonna, like, like, from what I recall, I mean, even in recent times at, when Josie was at Spurs, if you remember, there was a certain incident where, you know, it was about to reach halftime and Loris, oh sorry, it was halftime and both teams were going back into the tunnel. And Loris actually confronted Son. And oh, that was the giant meltdown. Yeah, right? because yeah. Son didn't do, uh, didn't track his runner and, you know, the opposition team almost got. Yeah. yeah so this kind of mentality that Jose instills in his players, like, it's a team game. No matter how talented you are, everyone still has a defensive job to do. That's a great point because I think the one guy in Spurs who's really suffering with this new kind of mindset is is Delhi. And I think Jose had high hopes for him. You know, he thought... I think before he joined, he was hoping that Delhi could be the centerpiece, if not one of the, the few centerpieces in his side. But it just hasn't seemed to work out. And it remains to be seen if he can force his way back into the side. But at the moment, especially if Spurs keep their good form up, uh, I'm, not, I'm not really sure how he's going to come back into the side and... I'm not really sure who at this moment in time will be able to, or not be able to, but who'd be kind of chomping at the bit to take him off Spurs' uh, wage bill. So, yeah, not not the best moment for Delhi. Yeah, what, watch him score against City this weekend <laughs> after I said that. Is he even on the bench? Um, No, right? It's a good question. I, I, think, I think even if you don't want to start Delhi, he's... He's a quality player and I, I don't think Spurs necessarily are like chalked to the brim with you know players of that quality on the bench. Yeah, so I, I, I still yeah, think I don't he, doubt, he does Yeah, I don't doubt Dennis' quality, bench. but he doesn't f- strike me as a Jose type player. Like like I know Tenga and Dombele have you know, have been really criticized the past few months, but he's kinda made a yeah, comeback. Exactly. Like Jose didn't favor him at the start, but you know I don't know what happened, but he kind of, you know, maybe it was a work attitude-wise that he decided to change or, you know, Jose, say what you like about Jose, but he's a great man-manager. He might have had a few words with Ndombele, you know, behind the scenes and, you know, oh, for yeah, sure. you know Jose, man, when when you're under his wing, he'll, he'll protect you, you know, till the end of time. That's that's our manager that Jose it, it's, is. It's 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 yeah it's it's hundred or zero mm. Jose like with with Danny Rose, 
he completely just froze him out you know no and I think he said it himself in the documentary it's like if I'm not speaking to you that's when we have a, that's when it's you know that's when it's bad mm-hmm. if I'm criticizing you that shows that I, I still believe in you and I want you to improve yeah. but the moment I stop talking to you it's done yeah I mean um, we all knew that you know Ndombele he, he had a massive chances fee from Leon to Spurs we all knew how talented of a player that he was and he kind of showed it in in spurts during uh, was it Pochettino's era but um, yeah. the thing about him that he he really suffered from consistency and and uh, other than that you know he he was kind of a I would say a selfish player like a bit lackadaisical yeah, exactly. as well a little bit of a he, he kind of gave me a little bit of a Berbatov vibes yeah, yeah, there were there were a few occasions where I saw him. You know, he he lost the ball and he didn't even bother tracking back. He was jogging before jogging, any Yeah, he was jogging back. Yeah, yeah and yeah, and yeah. you you can't do that when you play for Jose's teams, man. He he was gonna flip out, and I kind of think that that little spell on the sidelines kind of woken him up and saying that, yo, um, I'm at this part of this career in where you know I've I come from uh, a team that uh. You know, I kind of see Spurs as a big step up and, you know, something has to change. Yeah, I know that I'm a talented guy, but, you know, work acting wise I feel that, you know, I can work a little bit harder and, you know, maybe something just kind of snapped in him and, yeah, he's reaping the rewards now. He's starting in, in all the matches so far. He's probably first team, uh, first team player right now. Yeah. I guess, I guess to an extent, he, might have, he must have looked around the locker room and seen the options that or seen his competition for like centre midfield spots and in his mind he's just like oh I'm, I'm better than all these guys like there's no reason why I shouldn't be starting mm-hmm. and I'm sure he did have a one-to-one with, with Mourinho and clearly it's worked because it wasn't even this season like I think at the, like the first couple of games he was pretty much doing his usual nonsense and looked like his career at Spurs was over, but I think when the transfer window shut, maybe there was an injury to Winks or something that opened the door for him to come back, but he, he took that chance with, with both hands, and not only is he reaping the the rewards, but the the whole club is right now. And, I mean, going back to the, the City game this weekend, I, I think he could play a key role. Um, It's just a matter of... I think it'll really be a battle of attrition, I think it will, like we're we're always looking at both sides attacking um prowess, right? But I think this match uh on on Saturday Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, forgive me, um this weekend, I think it really come down to battle in the middle of the park. What do you think? Uh yeah, I I mean if you take a close look at uh if you if I were to ask you what is Spurs best midfield tree, uh, I mean the general consensus would be Hoiberg in the DM position with Sissoko and Teng- and, and Dombele. I mean, with that midfield yeah. tree, there's power, there's pace, there's technical ability, and most of all, there's defensive discipline. Uh, I think it's a little bit too early to say, or you know, to give a prediction whether it's the best midfield in the Premier League yet. But yeah, I totally agree with you. The battle could be won in midfield, and... I actually think Winks Winks will get the not this nah, weekend because Winks. I think he just I think he just has that bit more but who defensive who are you gonna play kind of you know like in place of Winks 
I mean, who are you gonna uh, sorry? Who are you gonna take out uh, in place of uh, Wings? I'd bench Sissoko what? because I, I I don't think so. No, no. Get, hear hear okay, me okay. out. Hear me out. Sissoko is a is a explosive player, full of running, but he does have that lapse in concentration. I think what Wings lacks in, like, quality or like ta- tactical now or whatever you wanna call it, right? He does have that dog in him, and he might be the guy that Jose puts. On KDB, I don't think I don't think Jose will slap Hoybier on KDB. I think he's he's too important to just be put on one guy. I think Wings might be the player that Jose is just like, hey, like I need you to shut down. I need you to shut him down yeah, all yeah. game. Like I don't need much from you. I just need you to be on his ass for ninety okay, minutes. Okay, but in my opinion, Hoyberg and mm. Wings they are too similar of a player. And yeah, we're gonna come to. A little bit of tactical analysis later when we you know preview the matchups between both teams, but I kind of see Jose needing a more athletic player in in that midfield tree. You know the guy that can lead or lead the counter attacks. I mean, Endombele is pretty athletic as well, but you know in Sosoko, you like you said it before, you have this powerful runner who can make those explosive runs from midfield, and if you're gonna play a counter-attacking tactic. I mean, let's say all all teams that play against City adopt this counter-attacking tactic. You're going to need a player like Sissoko to do the job. And Wings, yeah, he might be a good, you know, tidy passer. You know, he does his short passes here and there, a little bit like Jorginho. But I, 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 I don't really like when Hoiberg and Wings are playing together. It's a little bit too one-dimensional di- one and... If they do that, I think City is they will just walk the midfield. So you gotta have a little bit of balance. There's a definitely a risk in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a risk in that. I just I just see Sissoko being a later game option. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could be dead wrong on that, but I mean, I've seen Jose enough times to know that he will know that this City side are not at their best. But whether he feels they are there for the taking and whether I feel like he'll still show that respect. But yeah, we'll see we'll see this weekend. Um I would probably go with the F- aforementioned and Dombele, Hoybier and Winks, mm-hmm. but yeah, very well could be Sissoko in there. Yeah, and who the hell knows? Maybe he throws in a wild card and plays Delhi. Oh like that would be that would be so out of left field, but it'd be very Josie at the same time. Yeah, I kind of feel that if if you don't know uh, Matt Doherty has is out with COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he has no yeah. choice but to I play search Ori on that that right wing. Eh, sorry, that, that right wing back or right back position. And uh, you know, we all know that Ori is he's not the best when it comes to you know defensive duties. Like Jose, he's up against like yeah, Sterling, exactly. and, right? And Jose even outright said it in the All or Nothing, uh, Amazon documentary that you know he doesn't trust Ori to do that because. He can uh excuse my French, you know, fuck up any moment and give a penalty. So this is why I kind yeah. of think, you know, Sissoko is gonna play that, that right center mid position, you know, to kind of give a little bit more defensive stability, you know, help out Ori a bit when he But that's that's exactly my point. Sissoko I, I think he, yeah, you're kinda he's able to do the defensive yeah, yeah, I, role, I think, but yeah. he likes to go forward as well. I mean th- that's you know, Jose has to give Sissoko the instructions to, to you know to stay back. It's like, no, stay, <laughs> stay. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not, it's not my hill to mm. die on. That's just what I feel is going to happen. Mm. But 
yeah, I I think the Doherty missing out is a unfortunate. But apart from that, um, I looked at their team, not team sheet, but kind of like their the status of the rest of their team. They look pretty fresh. Um, couple of knocks here and there, but I think yeah, apart I, from Doherty, kind of, the, the team is, is ready to go. I don't think Bale will start. I would think Lamella would be. He'll be entrusted with because, um. Firstly, fitness-wise, we, we're not really sure on how fit Bill is at the moment. Yeah, I know he started a few games, but he's been out for quite a long time. And I think in this type of high-pressure, you know... City, uh, yeah, City is a different You, you need yeah. more athleticism in, in the midfield. And I think Lamella is the guy to do the job. We, we all know... We all know the type of player, you know, Lamella is. He has... Uh, lapses... Yeah, I wouldn't say lapses in concentration, but he kind of has this uh, shithousery of an attitude in him. Like, yeah, he... Yeah, just ask Marcia. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a yellow card. I mean, if I were a betting man, I would bet, you know, probably $5 on the Mela getting a yellow card in the game. It's bound to happen. Not not, not a red. <laughs> <laughs> like, not like Richarlison. Nah, I mean... I would kind of say that I'll be quietly confident if... with Lamella getting a yellow card in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm. Assuming he does feature, I think Which he I, will. Now that you bring it up, I, I, it, it kind of does seem like yeah, the move. If you, yeah, if you have, yeah, if you look at all like the big move. games, so the quote unquote like, like the games against United, he has entrusted Lamella with that role. Like uh, even the game against Spurs, yeah, uh, sorry Spurs against Southampton, yeah. yeah, the uh, the higher pressure games that you know Mourinho needs to win, he always entrusts it to Lamella, so I kind of expect him to start this game. Uh, so yeah so this is my question to you let's say let's say Jose gets a result against City probably you know a 2-1 win would you classify them as title contenders this season well I think that's the nature of the nature of the league right now you would probably already have to classify them as title challengers they are second right Oh yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah, I think they're second yeah. to they're, they're second mm-hmm. to Leicester, but I'm not looking so much at the table because if you were, that would mean Leicester are title challengers. And I know I'm gonna sound like a mad hypocrite when I say this, but I just I don't I don't think Leicester will go all the way. Um whether they even make Champions League is up in the air. I mean they've been on a good run, but they are just things I've seen, especially in their defeats, right? That just outright say it, they're bottlers, man. <laughs> just, just, just gotta I mean, say yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I guess Leicester are bottlers, but it's not just that they don't have that. Especially like they're gonna miss Ndidi till oh, November. What? I know really? we're jumping the gun a bit by talking about Leicester. Yeah, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, dude. The the injury list for Liverpool and Leicester is ridiculous. They are like, um, yeah. okay, Leicester are bottlers. We'll get into them later. <laughs> But Spurs, I would say, especially if they do beat City, um, yeah, you'd have to put them in that bracket. Um, I mean, a, a big problem for Spurs last season was their defence, even at the start of the season. But much like Chelsea, they've kind of rectified that. So, I don't know. This season is, is one of the most open I've seen in maybe the last... I was going to say the last decade, but that might be a bit of a stretch. Maybe the last five years... I mean, literally and any... I think the Christmas yeah, period... I mean, it's a bit cliche Yeah, the Christmas say, period is going to yeah, be Yeah, a bit cliche to say, but... You know... It's not like the... 
Premier League of old where, you know, there's a top four. The top four are just solid, yeah. solidified and, you know... It's just who finishes yeah. in what what order yeah, of the top but, you four. Know, yeah. And as the season's gone by, you can see that, you know, the teams, the the perceived smaller teams, you know, they haven't been giving the, the perceived larger teams respect. The same respect that they gave before. Like, any team can beat any team and... Yeah. And this is the first time where it's like no mm-hmm. no crowd, VAR is going insane, so it's just so many mm-hmm. variables and the one thing I would say about Spurs is they've been for I mean, not fortunate. I guess last season they were pretty unlucky with injuries and so this season they've been relatively injury free, which has worked to their benefit of course, but if they do lose Kane again for an extended period, if they do lose Son if Hoybier gets injured, you know, it's it's going to be a whole different ball game if they lose one or two key players. Fortunately for them right now, their team is pretty much intact. So if I'm a Spurs fan, long may it continue. Um, but yeah, I, now that you did bring up that question, I'm going to rebut that by saying I don't think they're going to beat City. Um, I think it's going to be a very gritty, very... It's kind of like a chess um, game between uh, Guardiola and yeah, Pep. Yeah, I think, I think it's just exactly Guardiola and Pep. Oh, Guardiola sorry. and Mo. Guardiola and Mo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pep yeah, probably yeah. would be playing chess mm-hmm. with himself, the, the madman. Um, yeah, I think it's just going to be very gritty, battle of attrition in the middle of the park. Um, I think both sides going to get a couple of chances, but I think... I just feel like Loris and Edison are going to be on on the on the top of their game, and if there were to be a winner, it'd be one goal. But I see it finishing one one, um, with I don't know who's going to get on the score sheet for City because, quite frankly, I don't know. Like Aguero's injured again. I don't know oh, if he he, heard it. he aggravated it. Um, he, yeah, he. I don't know whether it's a new injury or whether he aggravated it, but I saw that he's out till. Um, end of the Lord. month potentially to okay. December yeah it's been a really like unfortunate start to the season mm-hmm. for him um, Jesus probably gonna start again wouldn't be surprised if he scores again he he has a pretty good but record for, against for Spurs I think Song yeah, gets a pretty good record sheet. against uh, Spurs if I'm not wrong him and Sterling him and I Sterling think yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and the thing with Jesus is he he's kind of he's super underrated like I feel every time he gets an extended run in the team or he gets kind of a shot at the first team, he usually delivers. But the problem for him is that it's very hard to keep a fit Aguero out mm-hmm. of the team. So whenever like Aguero, for some reason, can't play and he's back, it usually leads to Jesus no, being This is usually bench, what happens. And I, I've kind of noticed this on a few occasions where you know Jesus has been on a good run of games and Aguero just comes in scores a brace and you know a, a fit yeah, yeah, a, a fit and Jesus. fully firing yeah. Aguero is someone that you can't keep out keep off the team and yeah exactly. I cannot say this before but I'm sure Pep Guardiola he sees Jesus as you know the, the future striker of City when Aguero finally steps down and yeah you know uh, having Aguero out of the team Kind of, kind of, kind of gives, uh, Pep less of a headache, you know, on who to choose as a striker because you know, I'm sure that he he wants he wants Jesus to have a run of games, but 
when Aguero does things like scores a hat-trick and scores a brace and all that, I bet Pep's going to think, Pep's probably thinking to himself, you know, ah, there it is again, I have to put Sergio back in the squad. And Wasn't there a point in time where Pep was trying to phase Aguero out, like, the balls on yeah, this guy? That was, Do you remember that? that? Was, I think it was like two years I ago. That was probably, you know, when Pep, Pep's early days. When Aguero was kind of yeah, when I think Aguero it was, was his first or second probably season. different striker than than he was in the beginning. Like when under Pellegrini, Aguero didn't didn't really you know come back to do the defensive work and all that, and he wasn't as creative as before. But you know under Guardiola's side systems and all that, Jesus kind of fit that bill before, like you know because Jesus was a Pep signing and. You know, I'm I'm sure Guardiola and his team did some scouting on Jesus before he was transferred over, and yeah, it, it was, it was all because you know Jesus fit the system a little bit better in Pep's early days, and Aguero did not. But once Aguero started learning the system and all that, started coming back, tracking back, become a little bit aggressive. You know, his hits and shoulders over Jesus as an as a striking option, and you add in you know the quality that we all know Aguero is, you can't really keep him out of the side. You can't... I mean, a fit and fine Aguero mm. will always be your main striker. Yeah. And the the crazy thing about Aguero is that, like you mentioned, even though he's kind of changed his game to be a bit more... I won't say defensive, but... not just a, a poacher, you know. He's not just, like, in the box constantly. He's He's doing a lot more tracking back. He's finding himself out wide certain uh, on certain occasions. His his numbers have still stayed pretty much the same. It's always I think he hasn't gone a season without scoring less than twenty goals for City. I think it was just one season where he didn't get twenty goals or more and that was because he mm-hmm. was crocked for half the season. It's just astonishing. Like when he's gone, um yeah, he definitely gonna be regu- regarded as um one of the best strikers we've yeah, seen in the Premier we're League. Probably going to do this in a future podcast, but, you know, Premier League all-time 11, he's probably going to be one of the, the nominees up there. Behind, yeah. Oh, yeah, like... I, yeah. I kind of feel that, you know... The three of us yeah, are yeah, on this show, yeah. It's going to be a long... Yeah, it's going to be a long debate on that podcast on, on who on who we actually <laughs> enter in and who we all agree on. It's just going to be all <laughs> Liverpool, all Chelsea, all Arsenal. And <laughs> Um, okay, so what what's your prediction for that match before we okay, move on? Um, yeah, I kind of agree that, you know, City have not been their fluent best attacking-wise, and I kind of think it's because of a change in formation. Like, yeah, we all know that, you know, Fernandinho is getting a little bit older, his legs aren't what they used... Yeah, his, his legs aren't as, you know, what they used to be before, but <laughs> I kind of, you know... Whenever I say that, I kind of think of that Ed Sheeran song. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, as you can see, in order to counteract that, um, Pep had to play a little bit more defensive, uh, kind of Rodri and Gundogan in that uh, midfield pivot. And, yeah, defensively, they have, they have been looking much better. Uh, because I kind of think that, you know, last season, Pep kind of actually identified that main weakness that... They're really prone to the counter-attack because um, City, as we all know, they uh, they like to attack. And 
in order to stop the counter-attacks, you're going to need a pretty athletic, athletic mid- midfielder. And, uh, and they don't really have that anymore. And you know, Rodri, as good as he may be, he's not the quickest. He's yeah, a bit exactly. of a lumbering, yeah. yeah. Him and Gundogan aren't the quickest. Very, very technically mm-hmm. sound, but yeah. So yeah. I kind of see him, you know, not, not really reverting back to form, but I'm sure that you know, Pep, he isn't going to play into Marino's hand because we we all know Marino what's good. What Marino's gonna do? He's gonna tell his players to sit back, soak up the pressure, and hit them on the break to exploit the spaces. But I think in this matchup, there, city-wise, there isn't gonna be much space for you know the likes of Son, Kane, Lamella, or you know Gareth Bale if he starts to exploit, because I think Pep, being the brilliant manager that he is, and you know, he might have his critics, but we all know what a good manager he is. Uh, I think, I know both managers want to win, but if you're going to give, you know, if you're going to ask them to both settle for a point, I don't think they will mind that much. And you can see, see this lineup, see this, sorry, see this run of fixtures after this, pretty good. I, I can mm. foresee them, you know, going back to you know, the winning ways, they're going to, they're going to go on a very good run after that because they have the likes of Burnley, Newcastle, and Fulham next. And I don't really see them getting nothing less than all three points in each of the matches. Yeah, and Spurs-wise, after the City match, you know, they've really got a terrible run of fixtures. I mean, see what you like, but Spurs may be title contenders, but if they were to cement their place as, you know, like, non-pretenders or, like, legit title contenders. They have they have to put on a good show against City and, I don't know. Um, so, so would, you, would you then say that this upcoming fixture is more of a must-win for, C- uh, for Spurs than it is uh, for City? Because actually, before coming on, before starting to record this, in my head, I thought City kind of having bottled the match against Liverpool would almost need the win mm-hmm. against Spurs. Because, I mean, two points against Liverpool and Spurs isn't, like, disastrous by any means. But I guess in the grand scheme of things, it might put a lot of doubt into people's minds, especially the City players. But, I mean, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Yep. I mean, if you're going to come into this... Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with this line of thought that you have. It's a little bit more on onus on City to, you know, take the game by the scruff of the neck and, and boss it. But, you know, this is an informed Spurs side. And I don't think Guardiola would want the exact same thing to happen to him last uh, this season as, as he did last season where, you know, City dominated the position and all that. Right. But Spurs just, you know, held, held off, you know, soaked out the pressure and hit them on the break with a sucker punch and, and win it at the end. So, it's gonna be yeah, like I say, it's gonna be really nitty gritty. It's gonna be more tactical than it is free flowing wise on the city side. And I think if you were to give both of them the share of the spoils, uh, I don't think both man either managers would mind. But uh, actually, I think the onus is more on Spurs to get the result than City. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it you know. Jose has to mastermind one of his best ever game plans 
Well, I guess I guess <laughs> Wings I guess Wings isn't starting after all then. Um I, yeah, before we move on, I just wanted to like add this final point on the City Spurs game. It's not just for City Spurs, but this season, right, kind of feels like a bit like an international tournament. It's more of a just keeping pace, you know, like I'm sure you've noticed in a lot of like, especially in the later stages of the Euros or the World Cup, they're usually very low scoring because you have so much to lose, right? And I think with this season, the way it's panned out, especially when the bigger teams play each other, it'll be more about making sure we don't lose ground than going for the jugular and trying to pull ahead. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah do, I totally do agree, you agree with that statement? As in, the, the start of the season was a little bit of an anomaly because, you know, everyone was scoring goals. And you can see that the defences are sort of tightening up right now because I can kind of sort of blame it yeah, yeah sort, sort of, of blame it a little bit on, on fitness because you know all the Premier League teams they didn't they weren't able to play friendlies so I'm, I'm guessing you know defensive wise the back line they weren't really organised you know uh, f- yeah like you can say um, yeah you can little, you can blame a little bit on, on tactics wise because what what managers usually do during the preseason is you know they fine tune the tactics and all that and they weren't really given an opportunity to do so that's why defenses were all all at sea at that current point of time which that's why we kind of saw the flurry of goals and you know after eight weeks of uh, football you can kind of see that you know teams are starting to keep clean sheets there aren't as many goals flying in and out right now and I expect this to this trend to continue because. We're gonna head into a, a run of games. Uh, the November December where it's notorious for having it's atrocious. yeah for having congestion. Like there will be games played every yeah. three days, and you know there are gonna be a lot of injuries and all that. And fatigue wise, yeah, we're gonna see teams you know that probably score one or two goals and they're just shut up shop, because conserving energy is one thing because you don't want to go all gung ho. And you know, probably risk an injury, you know, tweak a hamstring or something because the recovery period in between these games are just too short. It's more about living mm, to to fight another day. And yeah, and I mean we, we saw it firsthand in the second half of City Liverpool. It was just like you mentioned fatigue yeah, and did. <laughs> that mindset of yeah, that mindset yeah. the fatigue factor and the factor also of just mm-hmm. we don't want to lose ground, you know, it's it's eight games into the season, like Let's just live to fight another day, which I think brings us quite nicely into the other big matchup. Oh, oh, oh be- uh, before Liverpool we talk about Leicester. that, I kind of think that yeah, yeah. you know we have to write a wrong that was that we have gravely caused last uh, last podcast. I mean, <laughs> what do we wait? What do we do? Yeah, <laughs> I've been receiving feedback that you know we 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 kind of said that. We, we kind of give Ole grief when he deserves it and we have to give credit to Ole when when there's a when there's a need to. Oh, were you actually getting <laughs> backlash? No, I've been I've been receiving texts from, you know, uh friends who are Manchester United fans who are listening to the podcast and yeah, yeah they, they kind of quoted <laughs> this to me. Like like what, what I said in the podcast and mm. you know, we got kind of called out for our fraudulence and <laughs> What was that? What was that yeah, exact? I I, uh, I said quote, I said that if um, you remember, we're gonna give Ole grief when he deserves it, and we will give him credit when credit is due. <laughs> and in 
if if you guys didn't know last podcast we didn't even talk about that Manchester United versus Everton result uh, I mean, and you know yeah, we, we were yeah, planning to this know, week we, anyway we were trying to debunk the myth that we are an anti-Manchester United podcast and you know what we did last week or rather what we didn't do last week didn't really mm. yeah sit well yeah the, I can understand that I can understand we're sorry that. man we're sorry <laughs> <laughs> so no I mean okay What last week was just all mm. about Liverpool City and it was more about like, I mean, we were just doing what well, Sky would do. We were jumping yeah, on the Arteta. I mean, like, what 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 really cracked them was that we didn't uh, even Pitchfork army. We didn't even glaze past that. That we we just totally yeah yeah. <laughs> we just yeah. Totally that, that, it. <laughs> that's our bad. That's our bad because okay. Let me let me just break it down. Okay, we had we had gone way over on the Liverpool City game and the Arsenal game. So any like if we did give props to Ole, it would have been like five minutes, which we feel. Would not have done his perf- the United's mm-hmm. performance justice. So yeah, we'll do it now. Like from what I can remember, right that game, we did we did call it. Mm-hmm. We said United were gonna win. We said United were gonna win by two goals. Albeit it took it, they needed um Cavani to score in the last minute. But to be fair, from the moment Calvert Lewin's was it Calvert? No, from the moment Bernard scored, mm-hmm. it was all United and Everton were the ones who. Everton kind of surprised me. They they were actually going after United rather than letting yeah, United they kind come of after into them. All these hands, like yeah, mm. which was very bizarre, especially someone, from ex- someone like experienced like Ancelotti, as Ancelotti. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we all yeah, know. Yeah. The, like, okay, I I don't want to keep hitting Ole. Like, <sighs> what are you doing? We're supposed to praise okay, him. Okay, okay. <laughs> what okay, are you United, doing? <laughs> Okay, Oli has this one tactic and he, he does it well, which is, you know, defend the counter, exploit, exploit uh, spaces on the flanks. And this is kind of what they did to a T. And I don't really understand why Ancelotti lined up in that particular f- formation or rather that the, the use of the players that, that he decided to give game time to. I mean, I would have played Andre Gomez ahead of um, Gilfie Sigurdsson because... Sigurdsson, yeah, he's a creative player and all that, but if you're gonna line him up on the same on the same side of the pitch together with Seamus Coleman and James Rodriguez, you're, you're not gonna get any I mean Coleman bless so he's he he was a great right back, but his legs have gone. And you can't expect him to defend all defend, you know, Rashford, Fernandez and, and Luke Shaw all on his own. He's gonna need help. And you know James Rodriguez, yeah, he's a talented player and all that, but you're not really you're not gonna trust him with defensive duties. As well as Sigurdsson. That's why I kind of think, you know, Ancelotti kind of messed up his lineup for that match. Weren't you the one were you the one who showed me the heat map of like almost yeah, all yeah, the attacks I coming down yeah, the left? You can see even the first yeah. the first goal that Fernandez got, it was from a Luke Shaw cross. No one was tracking Luke Shaw. I don't know where Harmes was or even Sigurdsson. They were all they were all just standing in the middle of the pitch. And like Luke Shaw had the, the free reign on the left side to cross it in and, and Bruno just had just scored and even the second goal, the build up was from Rashford Rashford to Bruno and then back to Rashford and then back to Bruno again with no one doing the defensive work and Bruno just scored from that. He he wanted to yeah, that, that goal was a little bit He kinda chipped goal it was a in little bit yeah. um, a little bit sus. 
I mean, it was yeah. a jammy. It was a jammy goal, but it was no less than United deserved. Like, um, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, we've been criticizing Everton, but I'm gonna be the good guy. All the United fans <laughs> are gonna love me now, <laughs> cause honestly, that was the best United have looked. I would dare say all season, even mm. barring the Newcastle game. I think Newcastle was just shocking that match. Um, even in Champions League, like I didn't watch the Leipzig game, but. I think it was one of those games where Leipzig just lost the plot defensively. Like I think Rashford just kind of destroyed yeah, them I mean, with his all pace. His, all his tactics, they did work. I mean, fair play to him. Oh. It's not just that. It's it's not just the tactic tactics against Everton. Individually, like players who because it's happened so many times this season. It's it's not just one player like performing poorly. It's almost five or six who. Perfectly below what you expect of them in a match, but mm-hmm. against Everton, it's almost like the entire team had stepped it up. De Gea looked good um, when called upon, which was few and far between. Which perhaps even more props to him because you need to have that concentration. I thought Luke Shaw did what he had to do to to show that despite Teles coming in, he's still around. I know we give Luke Shaw a lot of grief on the podcast, but <laughs> we'll be like I'll be the first to admit. Uh, mm-hmm. Assist aside, he was very. I mean the the lack of a right side for Everton did help, but mm-hmm. he did what he had to do and he did a good job. Um, I'm very happy that Cavani scored. Um, despite the fact that he's a United player, I, I'm a big fan of Cavani. I did think him signing for them was extremely panicky and last minute, um, last minute itis. But good to see him score. And what what impressed me even more was Bruno at the chance to go for the hat trick. But. I think he recognized that not only was Cavani in a better position or as good of a position as him to score, but giving Cavani that chance to score would benefit United longer in the in the long run because you boost Cavani's confidence. You get mm-hmm. him off the mark. Agreed. Very like yeah. And yeah. with Cavani coming on so late, sorry, like we're just gonna end this yeah, very yeah, quickly. Yeah. With Cavani coming on so late all the time, and this isn't PSG in like League One, he's not gonna get or League uh sorry, he's not gonna get like truckloads of chances per game in the Premier League when you come on with the last 10 minutes to go it's gonna get maybe one chance a game half a chance a game so for him to get off the mark it's, it's really good news for them yeah I mean fair play to Cavani I guess well you can kind of see that you know the, the players they like Ole they like Ole like, say what you want about Ole but he, man manager wise he, he, he knows yeah, he knows what he's doing and I know we've been hammering on this point for a long time that Oli's the type of guy that, you know, when the back's against the wall, when he needs to win the match or not if not he gets sacked, he kind of turns into like prime Fergie. And okay, just a little bit of a little bit of caveat to that performance. Um yeah, United had a game plan and they stuck to it well. But I kind of felt that, you know, he only got built out from individual brilliance from his players. Um, Yeah, we, you know, we, we all know football and we like to talk about systems, right? But how much of a system do you need to play stuff counter-attacking football i i know i know i know united this fans are gonna not, be this like... is not the episode to <laughs> criticize Ole. let's just talk about the no, good but... things they do and move on <laughs> no I, go ahead i'm joking yeah 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 i know but 
this is I, I'm I'm sure United fans, you know, deep down they kind of know that if United were to return back to the purchase of being that 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 team that everyone hates, Ole isn't the manager that will take them there. And uh Yeah, yeah. Going back to my point that yeah great result for for United against Everton and they have a very kind run of fixtures right now which will probably see Ole you know win enough of them to keep his job probably until the next time he gets that's a the terrible be- that's run the of fixtures. Be- that's the beauty of football. Like <laughs> he was dead man walking before the Everton game. Yeah but Ever- Everton, took Everton. One, yeah, Everton took one for the team. <laughs> beat Everton they go on two weeks break no one's been talking about United over the last two weeks we're very, mm-hmm. quiet, very quiet in the camp which is good for Ole and United they play West Brom at home next even though they've been shocking at Old Trafford I know I said this before you guys played West Brom but come on like this is the gimme game that United would have wanted hey, man, after the don't, international break don't, don't, dis- don't disrespect West Brom I man. know I know Village, I know. Village. But, Village is my guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like you can look at it both. You can look at it one of two ways. You can look at it as it's a great chance for United to get two in a row, or if you're super pessimistic, you can look at this as the ultimate game that will seal his fate. Because if they don't beat West Brom, you can bet your ass. Oh, imagine the, if they don't beat West Brom. We're I mean, gonna, we're gonna come back on the podcast. <laughs> ah, dude, I'm just uh, village masterclass, but. Yeah, I don't know, like, to me, I think this is the perfect chance to right a lot of wrongs, you know, get that first win at Old Trafford, get two in a row, it's not something they've done very often lately, just build some momentum again, because Lord knows they need it, especially with the fixtures going on this weekend, they need to make up ground and make up ground quickly. I mean, if they don't and win... I mean, if they don't win, it's... it's I, um, Champions League's done I, yeah, I feel Yeah I guess so After 9 games I, I, I don't the, think anyone Would begrudge yeah, me there The the Audi outers Will be out in full voice And uh, I don't Although really Yeah I don't really see them Something similar back. happened yeah. Last season And they performed Admirably in the second half So mm-hmm. But I just feel There's too much Going on this season There are way too many There's way too much Competition for Those top 4 spots So Yeah I'm, I'm sorry Like Hell, Chelsea might rule those points dropped against West Brom, but as of things stand, it's a point gain, but getting yep. ahead of ourselves. So, uh, well done, Ole. And, uh, let's, yeah, I know, like, yeah. we'll, let's, try not, let's try not to sound sarcastic. Like, okay, well, I, I genuinely <laughs> t- tip my hat to him. Not just him, I tip my hat to Bruno and the rest of the team yeah. for... For, kind you of know, saving all these showing up, Showing <laughs> up when they needed to. Yeah, saving their own yeah, assets. I mean, really, we're like, going to call it as it is. Uh, like, if... If Ole didn't win that match, I uh, he he would have, like media reports say that he would have gone. Yeah, like Pochettino was already being lined up for it, and mm. this result kind of gave Ole time. And uh, it wasn't just the result; it was the performance. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they played I, I well. Think, I think the result, if if they did a Brighton where they won, you know, despite being outplayed, I think that would have still looked really bad, but. Kudos, he got he got the performance he needed and mm-hmm. a big big result. Yep. So I think it's kind of safe to say that I can see United going on a good run right now. I mean, with the fixtures they have, they they kind of have to if they want to challenge for top four. And uh, yeah, you know, Ole could possibly be manager of the month 
this season or next. See, we, we, we talk about good things about United, man. You can't... Wait, why wait, how, why, why would he be manager of the month for this month? That's that's overselling no, it. Why not? <laughs> I mean, he, he has... Why? They have a good run of fixtures and if Ole wins all of them, he's definitely going to be in contention to be manager of the month. Okay, I mean, besides yeah. the West Brom game, they've got Southampton away. Then they've got West Ham Southampton away. Southampton away yeah. without Danny Ings, man. And we all oh, know yeah. how how much of a high line Southampton plays and players like yes, they are, yeah, they are players yeah, like Rashford yeah. Bruno Martial yeah they're gonna exploit that and I wouldn't be surprised if United win like all three or four of those easy round of games you see this is insane like they, <laughs> they play they play City on 12th of December right yep if let's say they don't do spectacularly against Southampton and West Ham as long as they beat City, as long as they get the trophy of beating Pep during the season, all will be forgiven. Yeah. It, How many times have you seen that happen before? Like, they've been revolutions, doing man. the best. Revolutions. And then they beat City, yeah. and then suddenly it's like, boom, you know, we're back. And you're right. They, they play Sheffield after City. They've got a f- sort of faltering leads. So... This is really crunch time for them. They they need to make up some serious ground and yeah, I think you're right. I think barring any disasters, um they could find themselves back not really back in the picture, but at least posing yeah, some yeah, questions. Rubbing, sh- rubbing other, shoulders other, with yeah, yeah rubbing other results go their way. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. I mean okay, like any as long as it's not bad news, it's a step in the right direction for them and yeah, like, uh, without overselling it, you know, good for them. They they, they got the job done. Hopefully, um, for their fans, it continues. Yeah, hopefully this appeases you guys. Like, glad we got that <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> Gotta get that um elephant out of the I room. Thought we were gonna, I thought we were going to do this last, but I mean, fair no, I mean, if... The fact that we didn't say anything last week is kind of criminal. <laughs> It really hurts the integrity of this podcast. You know, um, yeah, we should add it as our slogan, you know, the Full Kit Banter Podcast. We are not anti-Manchester United. I love I love that you got called out on it. Uh, <laughs> shout out shout out the listeners, man. You guys, at least it, it shows that they listened all the way through. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on. Mo- the keyword. <laughs> moving yeah, on. Moving on. <laughs> So, From no injuries yeah. to a lot of injuries. Hospital FC versus Hospital FC. It just keeps getting from bad to worse, man. At this point, um, well, I did say just... I did say that you guys were really lucky with injuries the past few years, and uh, oh, hell yeah, this is all coming back at once. Yeah, I know this is cliche to say it, but life has a way to, you know, life balance out itself. And um, yeah, I'm not saying that I'm I taking I'm taking joy in it because, you know, I don't You've find joy before, I don't yeah. find joy in in players getting injuries. But of course, you yeah. guys have rolled your luck long enough, and it's it's time to pay the piper, man. It's time. Yeah, I guess the the worst part is, it's not like drawn out over the positions. It's just everything's concentrated yeah, in bro, not just defence but centre of defence your defense. defensive line is decimated man I mean I expect Robo to play but imagine if for some reason he, he's not past fit you guys have to play Simikas who is also coming back from injury yeah. it's not just that it's even if they live 
if they don't get injured this weekend, right? You look at that fixture list in December, and you know, it's just gonna be a nightmare. Um, and we can't even rotate because we don't have options to rotate with. Um, Salah's gonna be a big miss. I think Leicester was a team he thrives against, but. There's an outside chance that he will be able to make it for the Leicester match. Um, uh, if he I, tests negative on Thursday, from what I've read, then he could have I like a training session, and then he could be passed. I'm not. I'm play. not really sure what the what the rules are, but I'm I'm looking at it like he's out. Mm. Uh, I'm not quite selling him from FPL yet, but I mean. Fortunately, Jota's in good form, so he could probably slot in on that right. Yeah, it's gonna be a seamless transition. I'm just looking at their back line, like right now. Wait, who? Matip who, and Allison. Who is available? Like, who do you think yeah. will line up against okay, Leicester? Okay, let, let let me let me read out our our injuries first. I'll read out both Liverpool and Leicester's right, injuries. Right. They're both kind of ridiculous. Yep, starting, with, starting with Liverpool first, of course. So Liverpool are missing Ox, Van Dijk, Gomez, Trent, and. Those doubtful are Salah, Thiago, Hendo, Robertson, and Fabinho. Jeez. And then for... Hey, yeah, I'm surprised pretty, Keita's pretty, not in that list. It's pretty bit. Uh, <laughs> hey, wait. No, no, Keita, Keita has been training already. He's but fit? You, with Keita, uh-huh. he, he was back in training for Guinea. So then again, they are, the, they are one of the reasons why he's always injured. Guinea? But like we said, we've said before, uh-huh. yeah, yeah okay. like international duty, like... You can't, I can't really trust him, but I mean, for now, we'll, we'll take it how it is. Leicester are without Soyonchu, Pereira, Amati, Castagna, Ndidi, and Fofana's doubtful. So their defense is oh, pretty much decimated Fofana as well. has been their best Yeah, player. yeah. He's, he's kind of made the absence of Soyonchu bearable. Mm-hmm. But if he's out... It's gonna be what Wes Morgan, oh uh, Christian Fuchs, Johnny Evans, Christian and <laughs> dude, that backline has no pace, man. I know, and Casper like kind of busted his head against. Um, I don't know who he was playing against, but he busted his head on international duty. But it looks like he'll be fit. If not, mm. Danny Watt could have been playing against us. Um, it's just a joke, man. Like I can't wait to see those the starting lineups for both teams because. You're gonna see a lot of random names on it. Why don't both of you just play your kids? It's gonna be the the youth the LFC youth team versus the Leicester youth team. I think so. Let's just like a like a B rot special. Like it's almost like a like a bro like a bro price. You know, like hey man, we had some good years at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just let's just go easy on each other. Yeah, it's gonna but be like four this... four or something because there's gonna be no de- absolutely no defense. This Vardy, I can see Vardy like. Making like sprint after sprint and just like yeah, rupturing is like <laughs> tendon or something. Um, this this is a stat I wanted to point out though. It's that mm-hmm. I didn't think it was this bad, or not bad, but I didn't think it was this one sided. But in the past ten meetings in the Premier League, right, Liverpool have won seven times, drawn once, and Leicester have won twice. Were both and wins for Leicester at their own home ground? That's the thing. Leicester, this is all in the Premier League. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. And as we know, Leicester were missing from the Premier League for quite a while. Mm. So the last win was at um King the King Power. It was the title winning season. Was it when Buddy scored that volley? Yeah, Buddy scored that goal. so good. And the next time, the previous time they beat us before that was in 2000. At Anfield, we, we lost 2-0 to them. 
Like I'll, I don't know. I'll, I'll give you a prize if you can name even one of the goal scorers. It was it was two nil, right? Yeah, two nil. Um, Try to go back in your archives of God, Leicester, Leicester, like forwards. I don't know James BT. <laughs> <laughs> what wait? Did James BT play? Yeah, Leicester? I'm sure he I did. I thought he was Southampton. I think really? he played. I thought BT I, was Southampton guy. I'm just swinging the dark man. <laughs> yeah, just swing. Yeah, James. Uh, it, it was. Eddie Akinbayi and Muzzy is it? My God, <laughs> do any of those guys ring a bell? No man. Ring a bell? No man. Eddie Akinbayi is a legend, dude. Uh, yeah, that that, that kind of took me by surprise because I always felt like Leicester give us a tough time, but when I looked at the, it's kind of like the, the stats, yeah, it's kind of like City versus Liverpool where you know City dominate you guys at the at the head while you dominate them at Anfield. And uh yes and mm. no because if you remember like we beat them I think our our best fixture of last season might have been at the King Power it was like Trent had like oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, a goal yeah. or something ridiculous mm-hmm. um but fortunately it's at Anfield and I mean I'm quietly confident like we we still haven't lost in Anfield at Anfield for like I think what 64 games or something absurd like that Yeah you guys are catching up to um, Chelsea's record man I think um the last, the last team that beat us, like to end that long unbeaten home record, was, was us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was you guys. It was us. Yeah, eighty four, eighty four. Mireles, right? It was Mireles, right? No, no, it was uh, oh, Alonso. Glenn Johnson. Oh, Alonso. Oh, Alonso. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, it was a deflected goal. You right, I remember? You right, you right, right. It was the I Philly, was big, super big heartbroken, man. It was I remember talking. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember talking smack to you, and then like the next, like it was in secondary school. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the the following Monday, I I was like. You were like, hey man, walk yeah, of like, shame. Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> hey, what's Fair the play, homework? Man. Uh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I I think without any bias involved, of course, I think we get the job done despite being absolutely uh, decimated at the back. I think it'll be close. I think two one. Yeah, you guys are basically 2-1 FC, you know? Yeah, 2-1 FC, that's right. We were kind of 2-1 mm. FC for a bit last season as well, especially during this period. Um, But I don't know what you I, think. I mean, you guys... I'm guessing you kind of agree that it will be a bit... Yeah, like, like, I kind of like what Klopp has done with you guys. You guys... You know, before Klopp, y'all were known to be um, the second biggest bottlers in England. I mean... Spurs the first. Spurs, they still take the mantle. Spurs, Spurs. They take <laughs> yeah, the mantle. Like... But uh, what what club did, you know, they kind of instilled confidence in you guys. You guys really became from mentality monsters. From believers, bro. Yeah, man. Mentality monsters. That, I have to give credit to you guys. And it, like I said, it can be 1-1 at like 90, the 90th minute and I would still bet good money on you guys to win. That's kind of the team that you are now. And uh, just a little bit of fun stuff. A little fun stat, you know. You know how I like my stats. Yep. Um. Okay, it isn't really much of a stat, but more of a prediction because of the stat that I think Mane and Vardy they're gonna be the goal scorers for the match. I mean, wait, but what's the stat? Oh, the stat is uh, Mane has oh six goals in eight games against Leicester. Okay. Whereas Vardy, yep, Vardy. Yeah, I mean, st- stats-wise, Vardy, you know, he, he isn't really putting up trees in terms of, you know, touches in the box and all that. But whenever he plays against the perceived bigger teams, he always does well. 
You know, he he doesn't need like bucket loads of shots. He's that clinical of a striker. Yeah, yeah. And you know, with that patched up defense that you guys have now, it's gonna it's not gonna take much for him to find space to get a shot in. So betting man wise, I would probably put a bet. Uh, I mean if you're gonna play the bet, uh Mane and Vardy to score in this okay. match. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mane's record against Leicester is ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. And we all know that, you know, Mane and Salah, they, they kind of thrive uh, in games when the other superstars out injured. Like, let's say, you know, Salah's out. I expect Mane to do very well and vice versa. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm still going to stick with a Liverpool win, 2-1. Yeah, we're both going for 2-1s. It's, it's a rare occasion. We both agree without much, uh, much debate, but... I do hope that Thiago makes an appearance. There are a lot of um, there's a lot of talk in the in the Twitter sphere yeah, that he's back actually, training yeah, and, and looking that, fit, like he's gonna start. Yeah, I think Robbo's gonna be fit. Handel's gonna be fit. Thiago's gonna be fit, and Fabinho's gonna be fit enough to play centre back. I think. That, I think with yeah, Fabinho, we look at right. it, yeah, I think if you look at it that way, you know, even though Salah may be out, that's still a pretty. Pretty darn strong Liverpool starting eleven. Who do you think is gonna play right back? Milner or Nick? Is it Nico or uh, Nico Williams? Uh, I think it's called Nico yeah, Williams. And 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 Williams. And Williams. I think if Robertson starts, Milner will play on the right. But I think if mm. Robertson is too much of a risk, they're gonna put Milner at left back and uh, Williams at right back. Mm-hmm. But I think with Hendo, I think Hendo won't be risk because. He's had that same hamstring problem a couple of times of late. Like I think you go back to the end of last season, he had it. And the start of the season, he had it for a while. So I wouldn't imagine Hendo starts, especially if Thiago is fit. Um, Wijnaldum looks like he'll, he'll play. Uh, Keita, who, who knows what's going on with Keita. Every time I feel like he's okay, like something will happen to yeah, him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, like... Reports are out that he has COVID or something. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, now that you yeah, said and, it. <laughs> yeah, and talking about Hendo, I actually read somewhere that he's the only player that has not lost possession or something, something along the lines. Really? Yeah, he he's the only player in the Premier League that has not been dispossessed. Hmm. Now, I, I mean, you, mm-hmm. the, the, the evolution of Hendo is, is super understated. I mean, he yeah, went I mean, from I've being always, one of the biggest yeah, yeah. liabilities in our team mm-hmm. to being one of the almost must-haves on the team sheet so I mean you can call me yeah you can call me a liar and doubt me on that but I always thought that I always saw something in 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 Hendo okay I always thought that you know he's he he was given the captaincy straight after Gerard retired right he played with Gerard I I think he was vice captain when cause Carragher left first if you remember Ah. so Carra left then there was a void for a vice captain, and then Hendo became vice captain. I always knew so that he it was. was he was like Gerard's understudy yeah. for like a year, I think. Yeah, and it, if you watch the some of the games where you know you didn't have the fake crowd noises and all that, you can actually see that. You can actually see Hendo really leading. Like, um, there were a few part like just just to to recall a little bit of what happened in that video that I saw. Like, whenever Hendo or Robertson ping the pass, he would. And it was a good one. He would, you know, applaud them and all that. Give them encouragement. And you can see he's a real vocal player. And captain-wise, 
I wouldn't say that he eclipses Gerard, but he's a strong contender for, you know, top five Liverpool captains. I think that's that's a yeah. fair assessment, and the mm. fact that I mean, obviously, you put the trophies into account, like you have, they have to count for something at this just, point. Just say it, man. Gerard has never won a Premier League. No, trophy. no, exactly, <laughs> and it's not just Gerard. It's it's yeah, just the I think this debate will rage on, and we'll have a clearer picture when it's all said and done. In like, not when it's all said and done, but when Hendo's career is all said and done in like ten years. I mean, ten sorry, like maybe five to ten years, but for now, obviously, you know, it's the nostalgia is like still I mean, rich I mean, and like I, you know, Stevie is like yeah, the, the Liverpool team has already cemented themselves as legends. I Meaning from just winning the Premier League alone. Don't oh yeah, agree? dude! I can't wait yeah. to tell my kids about Divock or Rigi. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Like, <laughs> fair um, play to them. Yeah. So Liverpool. That was a bit abrupt, sorry. But yeah, Liverpool 2-1. That's our prediction. Um, hopefully, Leicester don't pull off another staggering win um, like they did against City. But before we end off, we're just going to bring back our favourite segment of the show, Fraud Watch. And, hey, what's uh, the jingle, man? We, we need a Fraud Watch jingle. I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on it. It'll be like a bell... Um, yeah, do you want to let the viewers or the new viewers oh, know what yeah, Fraud yeah. Watch is about? So for all the new listeners out there, Fraud Watch is a segment where we place players that have arrived to the Premier League with either huge price tags or a lot of hype, and we place them under the microscope to, to find out if they are actually true ballers or they like the segment, like the segment's really self-explanatory or whether they are massive frauds. We find out if they're all cracked up to be what they are. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, not there's not there's not been much action in the last two weeks. So mm-hmm. I'm sticking with Mister Mister Paul Pogba. Poggies. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bit kind of mad because we've not had any action in the last week or so. So, and I had Pogba in a couple of weeks ago, and he didn't feature against Everton apart from a ten minute cameo. So I can't really justify taking him out yet. Um, so he's still. He's still in the gulag for me. What about you? Yeah, for me, I'm gonna throw a little bit of a curveball for for my nomination. I'm actually gonna nominate. Oh, are you gonna? Are you bracing yourself <laughs> for this? Dude, I'm hey, gonna Firmino, right? No, no, I'm gonna nominate uh, the Chelsea team. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hear me wait, out. Okay. Wait. Okay, what? Because, <laughs> yeah. No. No. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Yeah. There. Yeah. We know that. You know, there's international break and all that, and. I'm not saying I'm calling out players, but uh, Werner has actually spoken that you know we th- he sees this team as being able to challenge for the Champions League, and you know, like he just outright said that you know Chelsea's the team that should be challenging for the Champions League with the players that we have signed this season, and and Golo Kante, yeah, I, I love him as well, but he actually said that you know af- after the game against uh, after he's got the winner for France. He came yeah, out and said that, the, right? yeah, in an interview he said that, yeah, Chelsea can win the Premier League this season, and he also included the fact you know because we signed so many great players, and uh, I'm actually been a Chelsea fan long enough to know that, um, it's kind of a dangerous thing to say. Remember during the World Cup, Lovren kind of kind of said out, came out and said that you know he's the best defender in the world, and it kind of jinxed oh, how, himself. How can I yeah. how can I forget? Yeah, yeah exactly, and. 
um, I kind of feel that it's a little bit early to jump the gun to say that, you know, we are title challengers. Yeah, and you can say that with all the money that Chelsea has spent, we, we are supposed to be title challengers. And, okay, uh, so in order to stop waffling, I'm just going to go straight to my point to say that <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle away, you know, it has not been a very good hunting ground for us. They have always been a bogey stop. side. Stop. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't even try to like what? Uh plaster the fall. Like you're you're trying to like kind of mentally prepare yourself for no. like Okay. No, it's not just that. Come it's... on, you can't no, go into are... a match against Newcastle. No, 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 no. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. <laughs> we are we are extremely notorious for having very bad uh November and December results. It's it's kind of an annual thing. I kind of expected it. It goes all the way from, from Jose to Ancelotti to Benitez and all the way down to I think our latest manager which was okay before Frank it was Antonio Conte we have always struggled to perform oh, sorry, in November dude, December come on. oh sorry sorry yeah 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 sorry <laughs> my, my bad yeah and we have always struggled to perform in, in the November to December period so I'm just gonna end off with this why do you think that's so though I don't know I have no idea I would like there's there's no reason why we struggle every November and December period. It's the period where we always tend to drop points against like the quote-unquote smaller teams for some the reason. The tech sides, yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, just, just to wrap it up, mm. in order for us to Mason Mount a title challenge, we have hey. to we have to start mandying up Hey. Our annual November to December performances. And I hope we can cap up our good performances recently. And, uh, I, th- I thought you were going to... No, 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 I'm going to end up strong. Go I'm going to end up strong. Okay, I'm going to end up strong, okay? And if, you know, we get pretty good results from November to December and entering the January period, and if you were to ask me whether we are title challengers, I'm going to say, Ziesh, we are. <laughs> hey, okay, you ended you ended well. You ended well. I was waiting to see uh the punchline. I mean it's like a we we want we wanna keep this or we wanna keep this momentum going. Wow, yeah, that's we pretty wanna, good. We wanna have it a good December radio. Okay, that was terrible. Um <laughs> I'm actually surprised I'm gonna end it off too, but I'm surprised like because I said this exactly a week ago. You guys, the best thing going for you guys was how quiet everything was. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, we were, we were under the radar until Werner and Kante decided to open their mouths. It kind of... They probably got baited by the reporters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I'm like, we, we were doing so well going under the yeah. radar and now you kind of yeah. put us back under the microscope. So this is why... Oh. Okay, I, that yeah, makes a lot yeah, of sense. That's yeah. why. Alright, we... Talked each other's ears off again. We gave props to Ole. Well done, Ole. Woo-hoo! We uh, talked to Bale. We talked City Spurs. We talked about Liverpool and Leicester being Hospital FC. So if you enjoyed listening to us, be sure to share this with your friends. Maybe give us a like on Spot. No, not a like on Spotify. Can you? Yeah, give us a like on Instagram. You can find us on at FullKitBanter. Yeah, you can follow us uh, on share uh, us on Spotify. You can follow us on Spotify as well. Yes, please do. And... Um, yeah, we'll see you again next week and hopefully we'll have more fun stuff to talk about. Oh, there always will be, man. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe you know maybe more praising for United who knows mm-hmm. uh, we can keep this up but um, yeah see you guys next week